You are tuned in to Lightworkers Lounge, tales of having a human experience in a spiritual world. Anxiety, anxiousness. I think we all can say we experience fried nerves to some degree. In all astrology aside, you know, feet on the ground here, we are living in a day and age in a time where there's so much uncertainty, so much ambiguity. I think ambiguity has existed amongst humans since the age of time began the dawn of time. Uh, But it was for natural things, like natural disasters and things that you knew were out of your control. And now I feel like, as a human species, we are experiencing ambiguity from a factor of we are in control of this. Humans are in control of AI, of the internet, of inflation, of social connections, family relationships. I think these things are in our control. And with those things, we've fumbled and we have created so much man-made ambiguity. You know, just like back in the day, there were diseases and viruses that were not man-made. And now, through the Industrial Revolution, there's plastics. We wear rubber on the soles of our feet. There's, (laughs) what is it called? Starts with a P. Polyester. Polyester, that chemical clothing, that is what we're putting on our body all day, every day. And so we're creating all this ambiguity in our health, in our relationships, in our finances that's man-made. And so when you have that, on top of the natural ambiguity of the climate of the earth, that's a lot of anxiety. That's a lot of things to worry about. Isn't it interesting that with the Industrial Revolution, we have invented and created things that is supposed to make life easier and more convenient, yet with that came more ambiguity and more things to stress over, more things to be responsible for, more things to cause anxiety. And so the question is, was the juice worth the squeeze? With the internet and social media, we have been able to connect with each other more than ever, but then why are we also more lonely, more isolated, more sad and depressed and anxious than ever. If we have community and education at our fingertips, what is going on here? Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Lightworkers Lounge. It's your host, your friend, your astrologer, Stephanie Powers. And today we are going to discuss anxiety in the birth chart. I want to preface this with telling you, nobody knows your body more than you. Birth charts aside, physical issues aside, you are you and you are your own best doctor. My why with astrology is to empower you. It's not to tell you this is a part of you and that's that. It's to raise questions. I hope that when you guys listen to me, you question things I say. You don't listen to the things that don't resonate. I hope that 
I give you practical tools when you invest in readings with me. This is why I do my key takeaways that I email you after to say, hey, study these because I want you to use astrology to become your healthiest, most self-aware, happiest, and I know that is such an ambiguous word because we're not always happy, but feeling just in alignment, feeling just content. And we feel discontent and anxiety when we are going against the current of our soul's blueprint. When our soul's blueprint says, turn right for the easy road, turn left for the hard road. <laughs> and then we get to the next fork and it's turn right for the hard road, but go left if you go easy. If you keep taking the hard road, you might just sit, sit, sit there scratching your head going, what the fuck? How did I get here? Why does life seem to just be a never-ending battle for some and then effortless for others? Well, perhaps they were lucky enough to be brought up in an environment where they were encouraged to take the easy path, right? And this is all nuanced and subconscious. So many people find that even before they knew they had a birth chart, they were working with the stars, the planets, their soul's blueprint, the moon cycles, completely unaware that they were. These are just people who are very lucky to have confidence, self-esteem, and to trust themselves, which means they trust their gut feelings. They trust those things that cannot be proven, that cannot be tried and true. It just feels right. Right? So in today's podcast episode, we're going to discuss anxiety. How we're going to do this is I'm going to talk about the most common placements that I see anxiety. And then I'm going to go through all of the signs to talk about some of the things that I've found in my over 600 readings now, the most common reason for people of each sun sign, and we can apply this to your sun, moon, or rising, why they have anxiety and how to heal it. Want to preface this again with I am not a professionally trained psychologist. I have a bachelor's of science degree in organizational leadership and I am certified from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and Holistic Health Coaching. That's it. I am not a medically trained physician or a professionally trained psychologist. I'm a girl with experience in being a professional astrologer as well as a bachelor's degree with a focus in business and psychology. This is what I'm bringing to the table as a professional, but I am not clinically trained medically, so take this advice as entertainment purposes only. Now, Anxiety in the birth chart. I'm looking at Geminis and Virgos raising their hands in the back. <laughs> Mercury. We are going to Mercury in retrograde. Mercury, he's the planet of how we think and how we speak, how we relay information and how we learn and absorb and take in information. In this new age of Aquarius transit, I dream of the day that public school teachers use birth charts to appropriately teach students. Don't give water signs. Don't give them the assignment of giving a presentation in front of the class. Leave those soft kids alone. Don't, give, don't tell fire signs that they have to sit at a desk and just read through a history book and not move. <laughs> Don't make earth signs dramatically switch subjects and go from this classroom to that classroom and then they have a substitute teacher and a new teacher. They want stability. 
They want things that they know they can expect, predictability. And air signs, let them socialize. Don't yell at them for talking too much, <laughs> right? This is your birth chart. Now, in composite readings, this is the relationship readings that I do. I immediately go to Mercury in a couple's shared chart. Why? Because doesn't every relationship either thrive or completely crash with communication issues? I'm saying this, but he's not hearing me. Well, I keep asking her to do this, but she's not hearing me. She's not doing it. If they would have just communicated that, I would have done it. Talk, 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 think, think, think. All of our big human brains are so unique and they're so different and they can get us in quite the hot water. They can start lots of conflict with others when we just don't understand. How many times... Have you had to text someone back or when you saw them in person said, no, 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 that's not what I meant. I didn't mean it like that. No, that's not what I meant. Mercury was in action. Now I know the sun sign is the ego. It's the entirety of your personality. It is you. The moon sign is your emotions, how you emotionally react before you even think. But your mercury is how you're taking in information and how you are giving it. And so this is the guy that rules anxiety, right? Because anxiety is just a fear of the future. Now I'm thinking of anxiety's cousin, depression, and I'm wondering, should I have included this in the episode? But perhaps depression deserves its own. We'll reserve that for readings. But Mercury is where we're looking when we want to know about our anxiousness and our chart. Gemini and Virgo are ruled by Mercury. They share this about each other, except Gemini is more cerebral as like a friend, a socialite, the gossip kings and queens. Virgo is, I want to talk to uh, with a purpose. I want to speak to people where there's a shared purpose of improvement. And I want to learn so that I can improve. So they're both very cerebral, intellectual people. Now, aside from Gemini and Virgo, this is going to be the third house and the sixth house of your birth chart. And so if you don't have any Gemini or any Virgo placements in your chart, but are scratching your head over there thinking, well, I don't have those signs in any of my planets, but I definitely have anxiety. So this is where I want you to go to the third house, which is owned by Gemini. And then the sixth house, which is owned by Virgo and see what sign rules it. And do you have any placements in those houses? Because this can also allude to anxiety in a chart. And if I've lost you already, this is a good sign to come invest in a birth chart reading with me. We can hash it out. I have an intake form that you fill out when you book a reading with me that says, what do you want to focus on? Is there anything? A lot of people leave it blank, but a lot of people write, I've got anxiety. Help me out. I want to know my purpose. What's going on? I feel so unlucky in love. Help me out. And we focus on the parts of the chart that rule those things. So anxiety, Gemini, Virgo, I'm looking at the third house, the sixth house, who rules them? What sign owns those houses for you? And are there any placements in there? So the reason why, which is pretty obvious, but the reason why Gemini rules anxiety is because they're bridging heaven to earth through the mind. This is their symbol, that little, there's two parallel lines and then they have the heaven 
hump on the top, and then they have the hill on the bottom, bridging heaven to earth, which is very beautiful to have this gift. Gemini is such a lucky sign when they can use their mind, not let their mind use them. Sometimes with Gemini placements, there are too many downloads and messages coming at once. You wouldn't really associate it with being psychic and being very gifted at all the clairs, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, but Gemini's rock at this when they can control it. Other times, it is just a hamster wheel of thoughts and visions and things, and Gemini's are really listening to react. They're listening to respond. They're not listening to just listen. This is something I always have to remind them of. I know you're gifted at conversation and being intellectual and talking to people, but one of your greatest traits to master and learn is to listen to someone without shaking your head and agreement or disagreement, without even moving your body, without even going, "Mm mm-hmm, uh-huh, Ah, mm, mm-hmm. don't even do that. I mean, sit as still as a statue. And even when someone's talking and they pause for a second, still don't say anything. It's so beautiful. And I highly recommend this if you're in a partnership where you're having a serious conversation and the issue is talking over each other or interrupting each other to immediately react to what the other said. Start a timer for five minutes and say, okay, you go. I won't say or do or humble or mum anything. And then take turns. And then it's the other person's. And the other person who just spoke has to be quiet, not say a word, no reaction. You Geminis love to take in all the information, but where we can fail is not putting it into action. This is the analysis paralysis. Geminis are so good with giving advice and teachings to other people, but when it comes to applying that to their own life... (laughs) very difficult. They're the air. They don't want to do practical earthy work. They just want to keep going and keep flowing. And let me pick up more seeds of wisdom to continue on my journey. It's like if you were to lift a car into the air and then put the pedal to the metal and the gas all the way and the tires start spinning a hundred miles per hour, that's Gemini taking in all the information. And just when they thought 100 miles per hour is the fastest their brain can go, they listen to another podcast episode. <laughs> and then they go 120 miles per hour. And then the earth and the world is like, hey, like you're very smart and you've taken in a lot of self-help and teachings and guidance. Can you apply it to your life? And then you just put that car down on the ground with tires that are spinning 120 miles per hour. What's that car going to do? And just go all over the place and make skid marks on the road. And it's just going to be a mess. And then all that gas and that energy exertion goes nowhere. It just makes them go off into a ditch. And they wonder, what the heck? How am I so smart? I know better than this. Because there has to be a bridge. There has to be some balance between the head and the feet on the ground right? So Gemini, if you're listening to this, Gemini medicine is stop taking in more information. Pause. 
Go act. Go put it to use. Go practice what you just learned about conversations with your loved ones. Go give it a whirl. Go master it, right? This is education. It's one thing to sit in the comfort and the familiarity of a classroom, but it's a whole other ballgame when you are out in the real world and you have to use it. I've been using Duolingo to learn Spanish, and when we went to Puerto Rico, I was like, I got this. <laughs> Como estas? Let's do this. Donde esta el baño? But then when I start conversing with Puerto Ricans who don't speak English, so they're like, oh, no hablas inglés. And I'm like, well, no hablas español. <laughs> but we have to find that. I, I froze, and I was like, shoot, they're talking really fast. Their accent is different than Duolingo. What did they say? How did they pronounce that? Whole new ballgame. But I will say, when I put myself into Spanish-speaking communities, it solidifies. It works. Rather than sitting in the comfort of my home on my phone, practicing where they talk really slow and have good pronunciation of words. Right? That is Gemini's lesson. Take in information and then go use it. I would advise Gemini or heavy third house placements, create your own cycles of taking in self-help educational material. Then just take in entertainment or nothing at all. So this could be a Gemini saying, all right, for the next month, for the month of February, I am going to dive in to mental health podcasts and books. And then for the month of March, I'm going to take a break for it. I'm going to apply in my direct relationships and coworker relationships, whatever it may be. I'm going to apply what I've learned and see how it works. And then for the month of March, I'm just going to enjoy rom-coms. I'm going to enjoy fantasy novels and just chill out on the information, but still take in more words, but in a more fun, entertaining, playful way. And then in April, I'll kick back up and start learning about human design dive into it. And then I'll take May off to go practice and read other people's human designs and ask some questions about it. But taking a break, you see how it works in cycles? That is Gemini empowered. Pay very close attention to the people you associate with Geminis and what y'all talk about. Does it benefit you truly? Because Geminis can find themselves immersed in shallow conversations and gossip. Gossip. When we find ourselves in that type of energy, this blocks your channel. This blocks your bridge between heaven and earth. Geminis and third house heavy placements will be a therapist for many. Just make sure it's reciprocated. Just make sure that people ask about you, that people really listen to and want to hear what you have to say. And we can heal the anxiety, the anxious feelings that comes with Gemini. Gemini moon seems to be one of the most prominent placements for people who come to me and say, I can't turn my brain off stuff. It's Virgo moons as well. We're about to get into Virgo. But Gemini moons, Virgo moons, these guys seem to say, hey, I love yoga. I love meditation, but I just can't. It's really difficult for me. And of course, if you're listening to this and you've got a Gemini or a Virgo moon and you're like, well, I can't, I have no problem. It's probably because we've got Pisces in there. We've got more earth to ground us. It's all so bio-individual. Your birth chart is your unique thumbprint, which is why as you take in these podcasts and all the astrology knowledge, it's so important to know the big pieces of your chart because there's so much more to it so nuanced. 
So Gemini's medicine, Gemini moon, Virgo moon, with those two highly anxious placements, your heart's always on overdrive, breath work, meditation, and not in the original way where you think I got to sit and just take deep breaths with my hand on my belly and my chest. No, I find that those signs really resonate when I tell them, hey, listen to a guided meditation, but instead of sitting and laying on a yoga mat, try walking, try doing the dishes, try folding laundry, try doing chores around the house that involve like cleaning out cupboards and stuff. Because as your body is moving in a methodical way, like scrubbing dishes or folding laundry and listening to a guided meditation, you may find that this energy actually puts you into a flow state. I always advise Gemini and Virgo placements. If you guys have to take an intense phone call for work or with friends, if you need to hold a meeting or participate in one, walk. Walk while you do it. Move those legs. Get that nervous, fast, cerebral energy out of your body where you can clearly communicate and very patiently sit and let other people communicate if you move the energy out of your body. Virgo. Virgo placements, you guys are up next. Virgo placements or any planets in the sixth house could be a mark of anxiety in a birth chart. Virgos, sixth housers, they worry about health. They worry about everything, but especially their health. These are sometimes people who can struggle a lot with causing physical health issues simply through their emotions, especially planets in the sixth house. I find that these people, yes, may have a little bit of a curse of feeling like, why do I always get sick? But it's directly correlated to your emotional body. So while that stinks, usually if you can calm your emotions, take care of your spiritual body, the physical body usually drops into homeostasis as a result. It's pretty miraculous. These are people who doctors tell them, like, this is autoimmunity, like, you're going to need medication, whatnot. And they say, okay, maybe, but hold on. Let me go do breath work. Let me meditate. Let me just take some time off of work to just rest for a minute. Let me get out of toxic relationships or friendships that were really weighing me down, negative energy pulling me away from the light in me. And then let me see how I feel. And they usually find that any physical ailment immediately clears up. It's really cool to see. This is also placements of worrying about not being good enough, worrying that they missed a major detail and they have not perfected their craft. This is the constant placement of, I'm not ready yet, just one more class, just one more month. Well, let me just save a, a little more money. These are placements who can suffer from anxiety or guilt if they're not being productive. It's very hard for Virgo placements, sixth house placements, to just sit and do nothing. These are the people that can spin themselves out if they've been sitting all day and they didn't exercise, they didn't drink enough water, they forgot to cold plunge in the morning and they're just like, oh, I'm ruined. I'm going to get sick. I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be, I'm not going to make enough money. I'm going to. It's a tough one. It's beautiful because these are very, usually very successful people who do a lot for others and leave quite a mark on the world. It's Beyonce, it's Virgo, it's the perfectionist in them. They just have to learn. You know, whenever I see Virgo moons or any Virgo placement, I'm like, hey, can you create something and then just put it out there without editing it, without 
revising it, just put it out there. See what the world thinks. They always look at me with their scrunched nose like, ugh, no. (laughs) Try it. You may find that the world loves all the messy, unproductive, unorganized parts of you just as much as the perfect parts too. So the medicine for Virgo's sixth house anxiety is understand that your health can improve if your mental health improves first. You will never be ready. You will never be perfect. It will never be the right time. So just do it. Don't stress yourself out over, did I make the right choice at the wrong time or did I make the wrong choice at the only time that I was going to be right for it? I like to say, I don't think there is any such thing as the wrong choice. I think wrong choices can lead us down more difficult, long roads for sure. But I really do think that if we just course correct by listening to our intuition, that we always end up right where we were supposed to be. Maybe not at the right time, or maybe it was. Maybe if something you want so bad is taking a lot longer than you thought it would, maybe you weren't ready for it when you thought you were. Have you ever thought that there's something working in your favor that potentially knows more than you? Maybe. There's definitely something out there that we all see, feel, and worship It's out there. We feel it. Do you ever think that that thing has this like matrix, divine plan, whatever you want to call it, that knows that, okay, if we grant them this, I don't know if they'll be able to sustain it. Or I don't know if the high of, yes, this is what I've always wanted, will last as long as they think it will. Butterfly effect. Maybe something else would have happened as a result, or maybe you wouldn't have got something else as a result that ultimately ended up being what your heart absolutely loves. We'll never know, Virgos, but it could be. So medicine for Virgo-ruled anxiety is accept the not-so-perfect side of your personality because that is just as lovable as the perfect productive side. And always remember, rest is productive. So now that we went through those placements, I want to go and give each sign a nod to some anxiety. What types of things can cause anxiety for each sign? And again, please book a reading with me at lightworkers-lounge.com. If any of this doesn't make sense, doesn't resonate, or you're really struggling and you're like, okay, I need more medicine than just this. I'm going to start with Capricorn. We're going to kick it off with Cap. Capricorn can experience anxiety by telling themselves, I'm not working hard enough. I'm anxious that the people around me will prevent me from reaching my goals and my dreams. I'm worried about my parents. Capricorn, work smart, not hard. This is your medicine. Hire people, Caps. Ask for help. Communicate, inform people of your work intentions. If you guys know human design, I liken Capricorn to manifester energy. When you can inform, just let people know what you're doing, where you're going, it can be much easier on you. Let people parent you, Capricorns, and let your parents absorb their natural consequences. You weren't born with the job of taking care of them. Love them, respect them, but let them have their lives too. 
Aquarius, you know, when I was taking notes and processing what I was going to say for this podcast episode, I had Uranus and Aquarius in the notes with Virgo and Gemini. But then I was like, you know, nah, I erased it. I crossed it out. But sometimes you'll notice during Aquarius season or under that Aquarius new moon or an Aquarius full moon, your nervous system feels shot. It's very similar to Gemini. They're both air signs. So Aquarius is also just as cerebral. Libras, you guys are also air signs, and we'll get to you on why you guys were omitted from it, but all air signs as a whole need to pay very close attention to using their minds for a purpose, not letting their minds use them. Aquarius falls into anxiety when they tell themselves, no one understands me. How can people live like that? How, how do people don't see that this is not good for them? Do they think I don't care? says Aquarius. I, I really do. What if I never feel content at a job? What if I never feel content in a relationship? Aquarius, you are the humanitarian. You lead us in thought. If someone doesn't understand you, they're either not ready to or they're just not for you right now. Invent your job, even if it's an entrepreneur. Put your unique twist on everything you do. Find people as curious as you are to help quell any anxiety. Aquarius can fall into the anxiety trap of, oh my gosh, the world's going down. This is bad. People do not see how this is bad for them. Oh no, we're doomed. But when Aquarius connects with like-minded people, all of that dissolves and goes away. People who see them for their unique, authentic selves. Aquarius, do not ever go with the flow. Do not ever follow algorithms and trends and what's popular. That is not what you came here to do. You came here to invent what's popular. You came here to start a trend. And then as soon as it becomes trendy, bleh, gross. Those types of behaviors can dissolve anxiety. Pisces. Oh, Pisces gets anxiety by saying, do people have a heart? Does anyone actually love me? Does anyone actually love anyone? Like, why are people so cold and distant? And then Pisces have such big, unconditional loving hearts. They ask, is the world going to be okay? Because it's not a fun place right now. Pisces, yes, people have hearts. But one thing Pisces has to understand is they have the biggest heart. They rule unconditional love. They rule love in a 5D realm that not many of us can tap into like they can. Yes, Pisces, people actually love you. Just remember that they have a lot going on in their lives. They have other people, other things to love. And just because they may not be all consumed with you doesn't mean they don't love you in the way that you love them. And Pisces, to answer the question, is the world going to be okay? I mean, it's been around for a long time. I guess we'll never know. But what we can know and what we can control is our love, is our direct reaction to things, is how we view the world. And we may not be able to save the entire world, but we're a drop in the ocean, Pisces. And so getting involved in your community, volunteering at animal shelters, donating time, money, little things like that can help your heart feel alive again can give it a little jump start and calm down the fears. 
Create art, Pisces, that your muse is your heartbreak. Create art from the dream love you wish you could experience. This is kind of what you came here to do. Move people through art. Art about love. Aries. Aries gets anxiety when they process the questions, what if I never get to be who I know I am? What if I'm bound to other people, to other responsibilities where I constantly have to self-sacrifice forever? Or did my intense reaction just ruin that relationship? I overreacted again. Did that just did I just lose my job and now I gotta go start a new one? These are the Aries fears. And Aries, I've got to tell you, you're a leader of anger. Your anger is such a repressed emotion, especially for women, and we've got to come up with a healthy way to release it, to express it. Aries, you're at the front lines of this to teach us how. And what if you never get to know who you are? I mean, Aries know deep down that they are leaders. They are number one. They are competitive. Yes, you've got to go express this. That quote you've heard me say on the podcast before, you've got to be selfish in order to be selfless. And so Aries, yes, you've got to choose you. But with all due respect to the people around you, it's similar to Capricorn energy, Aries, where you guys have to inform. You're leaders, and so you need to inform. You need to have integrity, and you need to lead the way when it comes to discipline. And you need to make sure that it's fair for everyone involved. Aries are disempowered when they're leading from the front. Aries are empowered when they're leading side by side. They are holding hands with the people saying, let's go together, not follow me. This only benefits me, so I'm going to do it. How can you chase your independence while fulfilling your responsibilities? How can you remain independent while a big part of a relationship or a family? Aries, you can do this. You're made for it. Taurus, you know what I'm about to say, Taurus. What if I don't have enough money? I can't leave this job. I don't have enough money. I got to stay in this relationship because we have joint finances. Do you see how much groceries cost? I have to have my organic high-class food. (laughs) If I can't afford that, I am not going to be happy. And if I'm not happy, I'm not going to perform well at work. And if I'm not performing well at work, then I am going to lose my job. And then what? Then what do I do? Says Taurus. I don't have the energy for that. There's no way I'll ever change my current situation. I'm stuck in it. That is that word that drives Taurus into anxiety. Stuck. I'm stuck in this relationship. I'm stuck in this friendship. Well, that's the family I come from. So I'm stuck in that being my fate. Not true, Taurus. Taurus, can I remind you that you guys are the professional athletes of the Zodiac? You've got stamina. You've got staying power. The only thing you need to get over is your fear of change. It's so funny when Taurus fears money because nobody works as hard as they do. Taurus is that energy that they will become a dishwasher at a restaurant, right? When they're like, okay, that's the last thing I want to do, but I need money. So there I go. And they're so smart and so persistent that they do their job on time perfectly every day. And then they also reinvent a way to wash more dishes in less time. And as a result, they reinvent the machine and they become multimillionaires as a result. This is just Taurian energy. 
It's the artist. It's the persistent worker. It is the person's fixed earth. Come on. They start something and they stay with it. Their only fault is starting. (laughs) It's ending something and starting something new. That little sliver of time where you're in transition, Taurus, that you dread. (laughs) It's just get over that little hump. And then once you get to where you're going, you will never fail, Taurus. When have you ever gone without? You're here. You're listening to this on probably a very expensive device. You've made it and you always will. You are never stuck. As long as you make the decision, you guys, the bull, will charge through. Gemini, we already went over you. Cancer. Oh, sweet cancers. My cardinal water signs leading the way when it comes to emotions. Oh, the things that keep you up at night, cancers. Will I ever feel comfortable around anyone with my emotions? Will anyone ever love me as much as I love them? I can't believe I went through that in childhood. How will I ever not let those traumas plague me in the present? Ugh, my relationship to my mom. I either love her so much that I don't want to leave the house or she hurt me so bad that now I'm doomed to repeat all of the behaviors and patterns that she taught me by example. Oh, the proverbial response of cancer. I just want to go home. Even if they don't know what that home is, cancers are constantly feeling overwhelmed by their watery, big emotions, and they just get to a point where they are like, I'm tired, and I just want to go home. And I don't even know where that is. Is home in a person? Is it a literal place? I just want to go home. Cancer's home is always within you. Even if you live a life where you're constantly on the move, constantly changing your physical location where you call home, home is always within you. Reparenting yourself, cancer, can be so soothing to anxiety in your sign. This is, okay, I don't feel like doing that, but I know I need to. I know that it's good for me, so I'll do it. I'll parent myself and say, I don't care if you don't want to get up early. You're doing it. I don't care if you'd rather have ice cream for dinner. No, we're going to have salad. (laughs) Parent yourself, and this heals and soothes a lot. Surround yourself with people who never judge you for crying, who never tell you, who never make you feel like you need to say sorry when you get overly emotional. Surround yourself with very safe, soft, gentle people. That alone is very soothing for any anxiety cancer may have. Leos, oh, does the sign ruled by the sun ever experience anxiety? The answer is yes, like a hot sunburn. Leos are saying to themselves, ugh, how did life get so boring? Holy shit, I'm aging. Look at the wrinkles on my forehead. Look at the gray hairs I have. Is that cellulite? Wait, I can't fit in the same pants? No, 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 no. I'm forever young. I'm forever hot shit here. Wait, I'm not cool anymore? Wait, I look old and awkward when I'm trying to make a cool dance video on social media? No, 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 no. Like, I'm the cool kid. I am sexy. I'm good looking. Everybody wants to be near me because I'm so fun and beautiful. And then the proverbial answer or question that Leos are asking themselves is, wait, wait, did I miss my shot? Did I miss my chance to make it, to become famous, to become well-known for something? No. 
age, aging, and the passing of time is what gives Leos anxiety, losing their youth, the passage of time. Leos, when you can accept that the surface level things that would make you look cool, like having a new, nice, shiny car, or looking amazing in a swimsuit, or being famous for something, when that stuff has passed, you're moving into wisdom. And wisdom creates a legacy. All these famous little influencers on the internet are cool, but do you ever wonder how they're going to make money, how they're going to leave an impact when they're old and wrinkly and not cool? When they don't look cool dancing to music? What's their legacy? Leos, you came here to leave a legacy. You came here to be legendary. And just being good looking and Trendy is not going to leave a legacy because, sorry, we're all famous. If you read my What's New and Good newsletter yesterday, Monday, if you're not already subscribed, don't know what you're doing, go to lightworkers-lounge and subscribe. I talked about that. I said, you do realize everybody's famous right now. When your reel goes viral, well, as your reel was going viral, someone was creating a new one that's going to go even more viral. And so, Leos, you want to be famous on that side of you. You want to be left, you want to leave this earth knowing you left a huge mark. Yes, kings and queens of the jungle, don't spin yourself out as you age and you lose the thing that's too easy. It's easy to be good looking and get famous for it. And guess what? People are using AI to dramatically alter and doctor their voice, their images, their looks to become the sexy, cool, viral person. And so that's not even going to be something that every that you can be famous for is how you look. And so Leos, you got to get creative with what you want to be known for. And when you find that thing, Leos, you're ruled by the sun. You won't feel anxiety anymore. Virgos, we already went over you. You're done. Libras, you're up next. Libras, you know what I'm about to say. With Libra, Sun, Moon, Rising, Venus, Mars, what have you. Do they love me? Oh my gosh, what if they find out that I've cheated on them? No, nobody can know. I'm perfect at love. I'm a great partner. Nobody can know that sometimes I, I, I think I might be a narcissist. No, not me, not me. I'm perfect. I'm charming. I, I genuinely love people. I do. But are they cheating on me? I'm, are they cheating on me? Is there someone hotter than me? Is there someone cooler than me? Is it Leo? <laughs> Will I ever find love? Will I ever have my dream wedding? And what about me pushes people away? Because I'm, I know I'm good looking. I know I'm charming. I know I'm lovely to be around. So why do I keep losing friends? Or why do I keep pushing romantic partners away? Like I'm supposed to break up with them, not them break up with me says Libra placements. Libras, you are extremely charming. It is hard not to like Libra. But we love you when you use that charm to love your most authentic self. Did you know a lot of scientists and kind of dorky people are Libras? And these are people who say, I just love studying the art of bringing balance to things. I love research. These are very cerebral placements. Neil deGrasse Tyson, one of my favorite scientists, is a Libra Cancer Moon. What? 
His heart is in what he does. You can tell his science, his studies are his baby. And his Libra mind loves to bring balance to those things. It loves to say, okay, let me weigh these options. Let me weigh those options. And let me bring it all together to talk about how it affects humans and our relationship to the planet. So Libras, do they love you? Make sure if you get anxiety about this Libras, it might be true. They may not love you, but it's your fault because you created a fictitious character of someone you thought they would love and they did fall in love with it. And then you have to sit in the silence of, shit, that's not who I am. I don't really like to do that. That's not really me. I, I don't like to live here. I don't want to do this, but shit, that's how they fell in love with me. I just want them to love me for me right? And so being your most authentic self, Libra, who are you before you decided to wrap your identity in another? That person is worthy of love and connection and commitment. And yes, you will find it so long as you don't lie to keep the peace. You tell the truth, even if it elicits your worst fear. Oh, a negative reaction. Oh, somebody angry at you. Even if you tell the truth and someone says, wow, that really hurts me. And that's a flawed part of your character. Can you sit and hear that and accept it and say, okay, I'm sorry. I am going to switch that about me. That That's not a good side about me. But you know what? I can use my charm and I can use my intellectual air sign abilities to research how to become better in that area of life. Thank you for that. And then Libras, oh, you get lifelong beauty. You get to experience true, authentic, the richness of connection. Scorpios, <laughs> let me adjust myself in my chair for this one. <laughs> Scorpio placements, eighth house placements. Here we go. Can I trust them? What if I lose something I love to the hands of another? What if I put my childcare, what if I put my pet in the hands of some person I met on Rover and they watch my dog and dies or it gets away? What if somebody watches my child and abuses them or my child is traumatized? Like, nope, not happening, not on my watch. When is the next shoe gonna drop? Because shit's been way too good for way too long and I know better. When's it going to drop? Let me look around. Let me analyze and look at people or see what's coming up and the transits on my birth chart. When's the shit going to go to crisis? It's good now, but just wait. It always gets bad. It all, The dark night always comes. The sun always sets, and I've got to be prepared for it. God, I'm so tired from the last crisis. I don't know how I'm going to handle another one. <sighs> Scorpios, do you feel seen? <laughs> Scorpios, I'm going to try not to project my own Scorpio moon and Venus onto this, but no, trust is something that gets built and torn down. It has to be rebuilt, and it can also be something where you have to decide that abuse of my trust was so heavy and hard that I cannot trust them again, and so I will unlock my talons from this relationship or from this dynamic and let it go. Let it go and let God... Scorpios, in order to get rid of some anxiety in your soul and your heart, you do have to trust people. You have to give people second chances. And you have to remember to not bleed the blood 
of a cut somebody made on you that somebody else did not. Wow, that was really wordy, but you know what I mean. You have to make sure you're not projecting distrust onto a new partner who didn't hurt you. If someone could leave their child or their animal with you and you know like, oh, well, I'm loyal. I have got my eyes on things. I have foresight. I am protective. They're, they're fine with me. Well, Scorpios, there's other Scorpios out there who have that same mentality. Can you find them so that you can trust them through everything? And Scorpios, can you trust that? Yeah, the shoe, the next shoe is going to drop. And yes, it's good now, but just wait. But that's life. That is just the game of life that our soul signed up to come here to this earth and experience. And it sucks. But you are the alchemist, Scorpio. I know the crisis you experience, the darkness you see and witness and experience is not fun. But this is where you get your power. I was just telling someone in a birth chart reading today, a Scorpio moon, actually. I said, hey, you know, because she was an artist, I said, you create your best work when shit hits the fan, right? I know when we're going through crisis or death or whatever it may be, we don't want to sit down and go, hmm, all right, well, let me just start painting and let me just start creating some art from this. No, but you can grab your phone and take notes, leave an audio message to yourself of the ideas and the things that are coming to you like lightning bolts when you are in the midst of crisis or darkness or really intense emotions. Those things are your muse. And those are the things, Scorpios, the things that give you anxiety. You know they always go away, don't you? You know how powerful you are. When you use those things to share with other people, hey, I've been through this, and this is how I turned that poison into medicine. That medicine heals other people. You guys are healers. You came here to heal people of the shadows of the earth that are never going to go away. It's your job. And so, yeah, I guess I am kind of saying it's your job to have anxiety. <laughs> it's your job to experience it, transmute it, alchemize it into your power, and then help other people do the same. Last but not least, because as you can hear, Jeffrey, I'm doing my last one, honey, and then we're going to go for a walk. Okay. Sagittarius. Sagittarius, thanks for being patient. I don't even know if Sagittarius are listening to this. They're probably in an airport walking around to their connecting flight. They're too busy to listen to this. They've got so much stuff they're doing. They're probably in a place with no service to even download it. But here we go. Sagittarius, do you ever find yourself getting anxiety over saying things like, I cannot live in this confinement? I will go crazy if this is where I live for the rest of my life. I will lose my shit if this is the routine. What? I wake up at this time, Monday through Friday, and drive the same commute to the same job, to the cubicle with no windows where I can't see new things. And then I go home, and I eat the same dinner, and I watch the same nap. No. Oh, no. I, I, no. That's when Sagittarius is like, just pulling back, pulling back, pulling back, and bing! and then they just fly and you never see them again because they just burst. They're, they're the centaur, half horse, half man. When Sagittarius gets stuck in such confinement in such a rigid routine that Taurus are listening like, that oh, actually sounds pretty good. <laughs> they are a horse and a gate and they are just start doing circles. And then before you know it, something in some adrenaline in them makes them jump over the fence and they just keep going and going and going and you don't know where they go. They disappear. They ghost you. 
Sagittarius, they can say, I've seen everything. I've been through so much. So now what? Now what do I do? Shit. I, after all those trips and adventures and retreats and experiences, I still don't know who I am or what I want to do. What, what do I do? And similar to their fire sign cousin Leo, Sagittarians can get anxious over age. Shit, I traveled and did so much in my 20s, but now I'm in my 30s and I think I want to start a family. Is it too late? Shit, I did so many fun, crazy, rager things in my 20s that now I'm in my 30s and I'd love to buy a house and settle down, but I don't have any money for that. I w- that all went towards backpacking and retreats. Uh, huh, I don't know. These things can give Sagittarius anxiety. So Sagis, it is so important that you inform like a manifestor energy and communicate when you need a break from a routine. Sagittarius, I can't tell you as a fellow Sag the importance of switching up your routine, throwing a wrench in it, and very importantly, changing your immediate environment. Never underestimate the power to heal some anxiety of booking an Airbnb just an hour down the road. Even if it's in a town that you're like, dude, there's nothing there. What am I going to do? There's not even a coffee shop. Just go. Pack your own coffee and just go. See new faces. Spark up a conversation with a complete stranger and just have a weekend to yourself where there's newness, right? You don't have to invest in a summer in Greece in order to achieve this Sagittarius. You just need to change your immediate environment and see new things. And I'm telling you, Watch the energy calm. Now, of course, I do medical astrology readings. So if anxiety seems like it's much more than this and it's kind of a serious issue in your life, I do specialize. Again, I'm not a trained professional. Just want to preface this with that. But I do medical astrology readings where we can really dive into the health in your chart. This is a, I love doing these because it marries my certification holistic health coaching with my astrology studies. And it's so, so fun. And I know the power of anxiety. I've experienced it myself. I've witnessed it in those closest to me, and it can make or break you. It can really take over your life, right? That phrase of, I want to use my mind, I'll let my mind use me, it means so much. And so a lot of people, this episode was inspired by all of the people who have invested in readings with me who say, I have anxiety and I want to kick it to the curb because I feel ready to pursue something, but my anxiety is preventing me from it. And my why as an astrologer, why I show up and give these readings every day, why I do these podcasts for free because I don't get paid for this podcast. It's 100% self-funded and produced by myself is because I want you to come home to who you are. Because when you do that, you heal all of those that interact with you all of those around you. And when people can have energy like that in their life, they heal. And then everyone around them heals. And then everyone around them heals. And then everyone, and it continuously goes. And I believe that the energy of this whole planet can feel better, can feel more healing, nurturing, soothing. I do believe in a utopia that's not perfect, but hell of a lot better than it is now. If we can come home to who we are, if we can learn about the parts of ourselves that we would rather ignore, but just bring awareness and attention to them and give ourselves enough self-love and self-confidence to embrace those parts of us, to be able to own those parts of us without being overreactive or letting it really just drown us and 
grief and guilt for those parts, that there can be so much positive change. And that's the legacy that I would like to leave behind, which is information of teaching people, hey, welcome to Earth. It's going to be a really fun ride, but it's going to be fucking scary at times. It's going to be really painful at times. And there's going to be influences and energies that really cause you to astray from your soul. And boy, it's like when you're, it's like Hunger Games. <laughs> when you're dropped to Earth, your soul is like a football that you're cradling to your chest. And then once you get here and you go through, you're five years old, and then you're 10, and then you're 15, and you're driving, and then you're 21, and you're at a bar. Like so many things are going to try and steal that from you because they don't have a soul and they want some of yours, right? But if we can just create a world where nobody loses their soul, they always remember their soul's blueprint then nobody's going to want to take your soul because they've got their own. That's all I got for you guys. Lightworkers-lounge.com. If you would like to book a birth chart reading with me, I would love to virtually meet you and talk about your soul's blueprint. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Ciao.